Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 237. Just getting underway here in 2022. The next time that I'll be on the road will be at the Jones Cup Invitational in Sea Island, Georgia. The word out of Ocean Forest Golf Club is that this will be one of the strongest fields in the history of this tournament. So make sure you keep following the back of the range on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but also give Jones Cup Invitational a follow on Instagram and Twitter as well. That's where you'll see a lot of the content that I'll be creating while I'm on site at that tournament. Really an incredible event. Um, my first one was last year. Maybe the weather will hold up, but uh, regardless, it will be an absolutely incredible event. So make sure you're following on social media. With a couple quiet weeks here at home, you'll be seeing quite a few more episodes to get you through the next few weeks. College golf really gets started at the beginning of February, so we're going to knock out a few episodes, get some new players, coaches, personalities introduced to you in the next couple weeks. As you already know, you can find episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just about anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, that's where you'll find the back of the range. Now, one quick housekeeping item before we get into this episode. We currently have a contest giveaway going on right now. Dottie Pepper was my guest on the first episode of the year, episode 236. Go check out that episode if you have not already. We spoke about her new book, Letters to a Future Champion, My Time with Mr. Pulver. It's basically just a deep dive through a lot of letters sent back and forth between Dottie and her mentor, George Pulver. An incredible book, and you have a chance to win one for free and have it autographed by Dottie Pepper. So, how do you enter the drawing? Send me an email, ben at thebackoftherange.com. Let me know that you won in the contest, or go to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You can enter there. The winner will be chosen later this week, so get in right now, and I'll announce the winner at the end of the week. Now, many of you already know that I am, I'm pretty partial to Kansas. I have family out there. I went to KU. I actually spend every Christmas there. Shout out to Aunt Helen, who hooks me up with my own stash of cherry pies. I've been partial to Kansas long before the back of the range ever got started. So as the fall season came to a close, I couldn't help but notice that there was some noise being made out of the Big 12 Conference. Yes, Oklahoma had a great fall. They picked up the win at Merido. Texas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Texas Tech, they're going to be strong in the spring. But Kansas, yes, Kansas won four consecutive stroke play tournaments to close out the fall. The Jayhawks are the 15th ranked team in the country. So who is running the show down in Lawrence? My guest on this episode is head coach Jamie Bermel. Fantastic journey for him, nearly 30 years of coaching that started in Iowa his first coaching gig was at Drake. You remember where Zach Johnson played college golf? Drake. Guess who recruited him? Coach Bermel. So we spoke about his early days. Then we kind of got into his run this fall in Lawrence and how he is preparing his team for a strong spring and a deep run into the postseason. So let's get this episode started. Coach Bermel, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? 
I'm doing great today. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. I, I feel like, uh, well, you know, I, I kind of, I was just in Lawrence for Christmas seeing family and, um, you know, as I like to do, bring the Florida weather to Kansas that I can enjoy. And then just right when I get out of town, everything just, you know, falls apart weather wise. Um, and, and did I do it again this year? Is it still is what, what's the weather like in Kansas right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're spot on. You should come back. It's about, uh, 32 degrees, uh, a little breeze out of the North. Uh, yeah. Um, chance of snow, uh, in a couple days. So yeah, it's, uh, we're we're in winter okay. that's for sure well I, I appreciate the listeners of the podcast uh, you know having patience with us as we talk about kansas weather but uh, it is kind of the inside joke with my family all the time when i come up there they they just get so frustrated when i leave because they're like all right ben's leaving now it's gonna all all, all yeah. it's all gonna fall apart so um but you're no you're no stranger to good weather we're gonna talk a little a little bit about this great fall season that you uh that you just got uh, through i mean four consecutive stroke play wins and and one of those wins was right down the street for me uh at, at quail valley and vero beach how much fun is it for you we're going to talk about a lot but how much fun is it for you to get out of kansas at some point and travel to some of these great places like hawaii and florida it's got to be a lot of fun just getting into that nice weather sometimes yeah it, it is you know the fall in in the midwest and especially in kansas we have good weather um our our philosophy is, you know, especially with an older team, uh, is we're going to play as much as we can in the fall. And uh, fortunately, we kind of got on a roll in late September and just kept building momentum. And uh, you know, actually, sorry to see it end. You know, I wish I, we I, could <laughs> still keep playing uh, because uh, each week, you know, you could just see the confidence uh, getting more and more. Uh, with each guy and uh, you know guys feeding off each other sure. and yeah it was good it was good so well yeah i'm guessing you you were trying to get that national championship rescheduled <laughs> to like hey i'm yeah. right let's go let's go now i'll buy the plane tickets let's just go yeah we were uh it was a good fall uh yeah. you know finished well but yeah you're absolutely 100 percent correct so we don't want to skip over your uh, your start in the game, and I loved as I love digging into the just the history of how people. I mean, you're a you've been coaching college golf for about thirty years now, but um, you know had had different different stops along the way. But you're you're currently, I mean, you're a head coach of a Big Twelve conference Division One college golf team. I mean, you're elbowing your way into conversations with teams like Texas and Oklahoma State, but you're a native of Kyoto, Iowa, population 897. Um, and I had to go look into this a little bit. Now the town has, you know, doesn't, doesn't have much, but I mean, got, got the bank, got the, got the medical center, got Roos Tavern Grill, but that's really about it. But on the east edge of town, Lagos Acres, talk to me about Lagos Acres and how, how that uh, kind of was your, I'm guessing that was your introduction to the game. Yeah, it was. Um, I grew up in a family of uh, four boys, and I'm third out of four. So uh, my dad, uh, he's uh, 82 right now, and he kind of started, helped start the golf course. It's just a little nine-hole course, yeah. three par threes, three par fours, and three par fives. And, you know, he'd drag us out there, and, uh, you know, we'd hit and kind of drag us along. But uh, my older brother, 
one of my older brothers, John, is a PGA professional uh, up Cedar Falls, and he was he was really good uh, in high school. And uh, everybody tried to play, you know, tried to beat him, which was very difficult to do. And then, uh, you know, that's how we kind of got started. There was a swimming pool at the golf course. So you'd play golf, jump the pool, go back out, play golf. And then there's probably five or six of us in, in, in town that played a lot of golf. So it was a lot of fun and uh, just kind of took it from there. That's awesome because, yeah, it's a, it's this nine-hole course that, like, I'm sorry, I had no idea. So your dad was involved with actually getting the place built and started or, or running it? Yeah, or, I mean, yeah. He was, you know, there's a group of guys and obviously a farming community. Yeah. Uh, I think it was about 120 acres on the east end of town. And, and they just kind of did it, uh, with, uh, within the community. And, uh, um, there was an old, uh, sing masters who were, uh, big, uh, farmers and, uh, in town and they had the acreage and had a big, uh, farmhouse there, which used to be the clubhouse. And then, Finally, it, they tore that down and built a more manageable clubhouse, but had a swimming pool and yeah, a lot of a lot of good times out at that golf course. That's incredible. So basically, a bunch of farmers got together and decided, well, we got the room. Obviously, let's just build a golf course. Did anyone really know much about golf when they were just deciding to do this? I, I don't think so. Okay, you that's know, awesome. Uh, you, you know, has no sand traps. Okay. Uh, you know, it's the part is the par 36, but you could, you know, our goal always in high school and college is they had outside five holes and the inside four and everybody tried to shoot uh, 29. That was the goal. And right. if you could be three or four under on the outside, because you had two par fives on the inside four. So, uh, but we used to race around that golf course quite a bit. With a <laughs> what, bunch of guys. What, what's your best nine hole score at Lagos Acres? 29. Okay. 29. Well, all right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Perfect. And, uh, and, and what's your, your older brother who actually... uh, he probably has like at least 28, maybe 27. Oh my God. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, I'm looking at the map <laughs> of this course right now and I'm saying, yeah, there's the outside yeah. five and, yeah. and seven and nine are the par fives. You got the little, Actually, eight looks like a pretty decent par three at about two hundred yards. So yeah, over water, uh -huh. there's some water. That's so awesome. yeah, it was. It's it's a good little course. You know, obviously with technology, it's really short now. Sure. Uh, but uh, we we had you know when you're playing with persimmon heads. Oh yeah. Thirty five years ago, it's a little different game. Yeah, just uh, just a little bit different than what the guys are doing now. Um, so you you go to you know you go to college in in Iowa and you you played uh, Division three golf at uh, at Central College and you know it's funny we're talking just you know we're talking today just as I leave Kansas and you know while we're speaking as you leave right now the Patriot All America is being played out in Arizona and this is a tournament that I really want to get to next year you know obviously it benefits uh, the Folds of Honor. And I love how at this tournament, the collegiate players swap their bags out for the week. So all the colorful, personalized college bags, they go away and they carry a bag with the name of a fallen soldier on it. And there's flyovers and, ex and exhibitions. And I think they take them to a shooting range. And, you know, you, you joined the Army Reserves in college. And we're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to talk a little bit later about how that relates to maybe your coaching methodology. 
But, you know, I'm a big fan of what they're doing at the Patriot. And, you know, for lack of a better term, there's a lot of noise in the world, whether it's politics, religion, COVID, social media. We're not going to get into all that. But just as someone that's that wasn't in the Army Reserve when they were in college, how important is it for young people like this week, even though it is within a golf tournament, but how important is it for them to kind of understand just for a split second, you know, the sacrifices that servicemen and women have made for this country? Yeah, that's, you know, obviously uh, a great cause. And, uh, you know, for the young people to play in that event and to see the military side of things and to understand that, uh, you know, we have some fallen soldiers and there's some sacrifices that that you make because freedom's not free. Exactly. You know, and uh, what we do in this country and how we act and and the the freedoms that we have is is because of the military and uh, and it's just a special week for for a lot of kids and a lot of families. When I've, I've talked to other college coaches, and you can kind of see how maybe there was the progression where they played collegiately. And um, they, they knew immediately they were going to be a coach. Maybe their dad was a coach or, you know, whether their dad or their mother, you know, was involved in coaching. Did, was it like that way for you? Did you pretty much knew, know that you were going to get into coaching, um, you know, right as you got out of college? No, I, I didn't. Um, first and foremost, I wasn't a very good student. Okay. So I took econ. Uh, I got a 48 on my first test and felt like business wasn't in my future. Okay. So, so then I started the, uh, coaching route, the recreation, uh, was in campus recreation. You know, my brother was a, a PGA pro uh, or is, and back then he was an assistant and they're working 50, 60 hours, 70 hours a week, you know, have Mondays off about it. Yeah. And I, and I knew I didn't want to do that right, because right. I enjoyed all sports. Uh, certainly uh, got into campus recreation and was uh, working in campus recreation and then got the intramural director job at Drake. And when I was there inter- interviewing for the job, I ran into the golf coach because back then, uh, Division One, Two, and Three, they a lot of, especially in the Midwest, you know, we played in some of the tournaments, the Drake Relays being one. And so I knew the Drake golf coach. And he said, Jamie, I'm going to retire next year. Um, you ought to talk to Lynn King about being the golf coach. I think he wants to hire somebody part time. And I was already the interim director. And, and I'm thinking, boy, this is going to be the greatest job in the world. Because when I played Division Three, my golf coach was a psychology professor, Dr. Uh, Ryerson. And uh, Doc used to come out and play golf every day with his buddies. I'm like, well, this is going to be the greatest job ever. Right. I get to play golf every day and, um, you know, be around golf. And didn't quite work out that I was playing golf every day, that's for certain. Mm-hmm. But uh, really enjoyed um, coaching. Uh, had a little success at Drake. Uh, got married. Um, my wife and I started having kids, uh, and I'm like, I have to pick one or the other. So I couldn't do both with raising the family and all that. So then I started, I got the job at Iowa state and, uh, worked a couple of years there and went out to Colorado state. And then now last 10 at Kansas. Yeah. So when you actually were 
you know, you got that first job in 92 at Drake. I mean, what, <laughs> I mean, you've been a veteran of the coaching game for quite some time now, but when you first started, I think, as you said, you, you, did you know anything about coaching? I mean, what, what was that first year like for you at Drake? I didn't. Sometimes I wonder if I, I do now. <laughs> okay. But uh, there's a uh, assistant women's basketball coach by the name of Robin Becker, uh, who's now married uh, Robin Pinchton. And she was at, uh, she's at Missouri now as the head coach. I went to her office. I'm like, how do you recruit? What do you do? <laughs> Uh, do you send them stuff? Do you call them? Do, you know, what? how does this all work? And so she kind of gave me some tips and sure. I started uh, reaching out to kids. And, you know, I, when I was in Michigan, I saw this kid out of Minnesota. He was playing with a friend of mine's son at the insurance youth tournament. And I just went out to watch. So I called him and, you know, got him to come down to Drake and, but yeah, it was it was kind of crazy with scheduling and recruiting and budget and uh, yeah, I just kind of you know back then thirty years ago there was no assistant coaches. You're you're the head coach and that's right. it. Now there's assistant coaches and volunteer coaches and strength coaches and psychologists and everything else. Well, when you first get started, you're just basically trying to piece together. I mean, and there's obviously there's no YouTube and there's no I mean, the Internet's just kind of getting going. So it's not like you can pull up a lot of information online. You actually have to get out there and go see a kid. And I'm guessing that that one day if this kid is playing great, he looks attractive. But if he has kind of a down day, maybe I mean, how how do you figure that out? Yeah. Yeah. That, you're right. And I just, I'd go to these tournaments in Iowa and, um, uh, I would, you know, re find a kid and, and then Iowa or Iowa state would take him. Okay. Yeah. So I have yeah. to find another kid. And I, I remember this with, uh, Zach Johnson when I recruited him at Drake, I went to see Brian Rupp. Brian Rupp was a teammate of Zach's and, uh, sure enough, Iowa and Iowa state show up. I'm like, well, I can't get this kid if those two are recurring him. So I'm like, hey, who's this little guy here? He looks pretty good. Uh-huh. This is great. Zach Johnson and Zach Johnson was recruited by us in St. Ambrose okay. NAIA school. So wanted to go to Iowa, big, big Iowa fan, but right. obviously they didn't want him. They made a coaching change. So got him and, uh, Got a couple other small town Iowa guys. I was, for some reason, I, I wanted winners. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense, coach. That, yeah. yeah. I recruited the 1A uh, champion, Ryan Hartman. I think he won a couple, two or three years from Morning Sun, Iowa. I recruited him. And, and then I started on this, well, I want these two sport guys. So, okay. you know, if you play a couple different sports, your hand-eye coordination is good. You're a good teammate. So I got Corey Brunswick out of Fort Dodge. He played football. He's a little guy. He played running back, and he was a golfer. And then Ben Pettit from Carroll, Iowa. We got him. He was basketball and, and golf. And so, yeah, pieced that all together. And somehow we, we got to be a pretty good team about three years yeah so all right so it, yeah because i believe you guys want to i think it's the mountain valley is that the name of the or midwest missouri valley, valley. missouri valley missouri okay valley. So, yeah yep. i don't know why i just thought there were mountains in iowa forget that we'll edit yep. that part out uh so 
and this is interesting. So you knew that you were kind of up against it against the bigger schools. So you kind of carved out your own methodology early on. So you're not necessarily looking for what kind of scores they're shooting that day. You're looking more as to their kind of their athletic background and saying, okay, whether I see something great today or not, I mean, it'd be great if they shoot a good score to kind of, uh, you know, boost your, your thoughts on them. But you're looking more as of their athletic background and, maybe stature size you're looking for kind of under you're looking for for underdogs so so to speak absolutely i you know at that stage of the game i'm just looking for guys that that i can recruit that right. will come okay you know i don't need to go finish you finish second place in recruiting that's that's a bad deal that doesn't help you okay so we're you know we're trying to find guys that that can help us. I'm trying to find guys that, you know, believe in what we're trying to do. You know, I'm trying to sell them something that Drake didn't, they hadn't won a Missouri Valley golf conference title in 90 years. Wow. And we're trying to sell that. And, you know, as it turned out, uh, we had some pretty good kids and, uh, you know, you, you talk about, you want to see them get a good score, shoot a good score. Actually you don't especially if you're recruiting against the big boys, because if they shoot a good score, they just expose themselves. Right. Okay. Okay. You know, bring in, bring in the vultures, so to speak. So interesting. I think Zach Johnson shot 80, 81 at state tournament. Oh my God. <laughs> his senior year. I think that's right. He may argue that, but I, I'm pretty close to that. So, um, Interesting. So, so, all right. So you mentioned Zach Johnson, he comes, you know, he starts playing at Drake in 94. Now, obviously I'm not going to ask you if you, you just answered it. You sure I was shooting the eighties when you went and see him. So you're not thinking, well, this kid's going to turn into a master's champion and Ryder cup star. Okay. So, and you know, we're, we're, we're well beyond that. But I, I mean, he started his career on the Prairie golf tour. Don't, if you're listening, don't bother to look it up because it doesn't exist anymore. But I want to ask you, after you followed his career, after he turns pro and you've seen all the success he's had and obviously maintaining a relationship with him, how has his success after college affected the way you've looked at players moving forward? I mean, do you, I guess you've kind of already answered that and shared your thoughts, but now it's actually in, in black and white. You see what Zach Johnson became. How has that kind of influenced the way you've recruited or even dealt with your, your current players? Yeah, it's, you know, one of the things that I always said about Zach Johnson, and this isn't a knock on him because he, it's, it, it wasn't him being cocky. It was him being confident. Right. I always thought Zach thought he was a little better than he really was. Okay. And when I say that, he wasn't scared. He would fight you to the end. And, uh, I remember it. We were playing at Wichita State. And he he was literally topping three woods on the range, and just it was it looked awful. Okay. And uh, I said, uh, I went over there. I'm like, Zach, how you doing? You ready to go? I was, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm struggling a little bit. I said, Well, you got three minutes figured out. You're on the tee. Uh -huh. And he goes out and shoots 70, 71. Played good. And um, I said, what happened? He goes, you know, coach, I don't know. Got in a rhythm out there and just kept kind of built some confidence and just started going with it. So, you know, that's, 
some, when you watch kids play and they hit a bad shot, you know, you think the world's going to end. No, everybody hits bad shots. Sure. But he was one of those kids. Boy, he, he, he had a heart of a lion and, uh, he was obviously a good putter. Always a good putter. Yeah. You you, uh, you mentioned him topping three woods. I immediately, of course, you know, I'm immediately starting to think of that that topped accidental hit at the Masters. I think it was on 13 when he was taking. Yeah. I mean, please tell me you gave him some grief about that. I mean, the whole <laughs> world did, but please tell me. Coming from you, it's got to be a little bit more personal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I did. I told him to tee it a little higher next time. There, there you go. Yeah. I, that's one of the best clips I've ever seen. Cause it's back in that <laughs> corner where no one's yep. at. And I love the fact that he just does it, hits the tee marker, and then just looks up at whoever he's playing with. He's like, uh, it, he actually looked like a kid playing in college. Like, what do I do? Yeah, right. That was yeah. the best. Now what? Now what? Oh, my gosh. Um, all right, so you you mentioned that you've had this, you know, or, you know the different stints, you know, Drake to Iowa State. That's funny, actually. You take the job of the school that you were competing against for all those years, and then then to to Colorado State. Now you mentioned your your brother; he's been the head coach at Northern Iowa for I think twenty five years now, and, and as you said, great player. He's played in a Senior Open. He's played in a couple PGA Championships. Um, I, I notice on the schedule there is no KU UNI matchup on the books anywhere. Now, now what's going on with that? Have you two ever ever uh, competed against each other in, in the coaching ranks? Oh, uh, we have. Yeah, we have. Um, it's been a while. I think Hawaii. One of his boys, um, his oldest boy, was a senior, so he got his team out in Hawaii. So we we played out there, but. Uh, you know, they have very few scholarships on the men's side, so yeah. it's it's not quite a fair fight. Um, uh, but, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, I always call swing advice. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, playing wise, because he's, he's played at a high level. I know he's a he's a club pro, but he's played in some majors and he's, you know, played in the John Deere several years. So he's, he's been around high level golf and, and he's one of those guys that just loves golf, loves dissecting the golf swing, loves working, you know, his junior golf program. There's a couple hundred kids every summer, um, up in Cedar Falls in his, in his, uh, junior golf program. So, Uh, we, we don't compete against each other that much uh, anymore because, uh, you know, it's kind of separated with the power fives and sure. and the and the non-power fives. But uh, certainly lean on him for a lot of advice and and direction in in many areas of coaching. Well, you have uh, you have this great fall season. Um, you tie a program record for team tournament wins uh, with you know, four and you have the entire spring to kind of get over the hump and maybe set a new record. Um, but as you and just about anyone else that follows college golf already knows it, it really just comes down to getting to regionals and then advancing through regionals to get to a national championship. And um, I'm just curious before, you know, the team scattered to their friends and, and families for the holidays, what uh, what kind of messaging did you deliver to the team after uh, the final win in, in Hawaii? You know, there was a couple of things that, that I thought about. And one, you, you know, as a coach, you see wins different than as a kid, than as a 
college golfer is a win uh, for a coach that kind of validates what you're trying to do and how you're, how you're going about your business uh, for, for the kids that are golfers. It, it's a boost of confidence. Sure. And so, you know, I, when we finally got to sit down and kind of go over the fall, because it's so, you know, it's one day after another and you're just one foot in front of the other and you're missing class and catching up and practice and all that stuff. But, you know, a couple of things that I've thought about is one, that's a great start to the, to the year, sure. but that's not where we want to end. You know, we don't want to end with four wins. We got to get better every day. Uh, there's a bigger, there's a bigger picture in the spring that we're all playing for. So how do we prepare? I said, you know, obviously over this break, it's get rested up, enjoy some family time away from the books, take a break. Cause when January 18th comes around, we, we have to be ready to go. And, uh, it's one tournament at a time and let's see where this takes us. Yeah, I would say actually your biggest tournament of the spring uh, until you get to the Big 12 uh, uh, Conference Championship is really right out of the gates at the Prestige. That's going to be probably the strongest field uh, you'll face uh, up until uh, the postseason. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's uh, probably not – we're probably not as sharp in February as we are in May, but you got to start sometime. Sure. You know, why not start there and – Let's see what we can do. So hopefully they're motivated over the break to get in some reps. You know, they've got guys playing tournaments all over the country um, over break. So everybody's going to get in some some work, and then we'll uh, we'll go down Phoenix and do a little alumni match so we can practice for four days and then head out to Palm Desert and see what we can do. So we, uh, we, we talked, obviously, about your, your military uh, experience, and, you know, you're, you're – shaping and leading young men i mean it's 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 golf it's not the military but it's it's golf and you know they're trying to kind of find their way is is they're balancing classes they're balancing uh you know athletics and also personal lives and i mean just it's a it is a a fun time uh time in their lives but also it's it's a challenging time trying to to find that balance um how do you i mean teams players come and go you've been doing this for for a long time been at kansas for for a decade now how do you kind of adopt some of the methodologies that you learned in the army reserves into how you help them manage their this part of their lives you know that's a good question um one one of the things that i it's always been important to me is we're going to look the part Okay. You know, we're going to look sharp. Everybody's going to be dressed the same. It's the only thing different is the name on your bag, your own name. It's going to say Kansas on the side. The ball pocket obviously has a different name, but everybody dresses just exactly the same. Uh, the, and it, and my thought process there, it doesn't matter if you're the one man or the five man, everybody's got a, everybody's on this bus and everybody's important. So, um, that's the first, uh, the first thought process. Second thing I've always said is, and everybody laughs at me, especially the young kids when they come in first day, first meeting guys, the only rule we have is everybody's going to be on time. 
Oh yeah. Everybody laughs and giggles. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and my wife and I have three kids, 25, 23 and 21. So we've raised kids. And, uh, I always say, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not your parents. I'm the coach yeah. and you're going to do it my way and you're going to be on time. So once we get through the first two weeks and about every freshman is late for something or didn't know where to go, then right. they kind of understand that. Yeah. Coach is serious. This, cause it can't work. You know, I would say if you're late for your tea time, what happens? Well, you're disqualified. Okay. Well, if you're disqualified, you can't help the team. So now we're playing with four guys. So, you know, we start there as being on time and, you know, uh, we're like the Yankees. Everybody has to shave. <laughs> we don't have facial hair and, you know, everybody says, oh, why do we need to do that? Well, that's my rule. So, and I tell them in the recruiting process, look, this is the way we do it. If you don't, if you want to grow a beard, do not come here because you will be miserable. <laughs> um. All right, so there's no Hunter Wolcott. In it. So I guess we finally figured it out. We finally figured out why Hunter Wolcott did not go to Kansas. <laughs> I guess yeah, there's, there's the a good answer. chance he didn't want to play in the snow. Maybe I don't. Well, know. there's that too. But but that guy, that that guy, since we started this episode, Coach, he's actually grown a full beard. Um, uh, yeah. when, whenever I see him, there's always something hanging off of his face, and and then when I see him clean shaven, I'm like, Are you okay? Is there something wrong? Do you want to talk? Is everything? Yeah, he's. Um, well, that, but see, I think I kind of like that and, and you have to, see, so you have to basically explain, you know, these are the rules and, and actually being upfront about it. So it's not like you're trying to stifle their individuality. You're just like, Hey, that's what this program's all about. If you're, if you're in, you're all the way in. Right. Yeah. You have to be. And, uh, you know, we have, we have no shave November. You know, the kids in the off season, they sure. can do whatever they want. You talk about Hunter Wolcock, but Luke Clover can grow a beard in about two days too. <laughs> that's a, that's a good point. You know, I, you know, Oh yeah. Clover can. And he, he will, and he probably plays with the beard all summer. I don't know, but when he, he's playing for Kansas and carrying that bag and wearing that shirt, no, he's cleanly shaven. Well, comes off. Now you mentioned, yep. Clu you mentioned Kluver and I know we've talked a little bit about recruiting and about the Midwest and um, you, you have a lot of guys on the team from cold weather States. Kluver's from Nebraska and he's probably, as we speak out there, duck hunting or doing something and Sigal's from Minnesota. We don't need to question his tolerance of the cold, but you also, you've had a couple Hilliers uh, join you and, and Campbell, they're from New Zealand. Um, I don't, uh, recall seeing a whole lot of teams that have players from New Zealand. So maybe talk about how you get them to buy in and come to Kansas, but also how do you approach recruiting now? Now it's still different. You got the assistant, you can jump on flights quicker. Obviously a D one team has a little bit of a different budget and a different reach than maybe your earlier stops. <clears throat> how do you, um, how do you recruit players to Kansas? You know, kind of the Midwest is our go-to uh, because of the familiarity with the weather. Okay. And you feel like a, a kid from Minnesota, you bring him seven hours south, you know, you, you've improved his weather probably <laughs> a month and a half on each side of the of fall and spring. Come to the tropical paradise of Lawrence, yeah. Kansas. I love yeah. it. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's what we do. And then, 
if you know i don't spend much time in texas because there's a lot of schools they have to pass to get to lawrence kansas yeah. unless they have a connection so um that's kind of our 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 deal there and then with the international kids you know we try to get kids that their weather is similar weather conditions are worse and uh, hopefully there's an interest you know, obviously we have a great indoor practice facility and you know we travel a lot there's a couple of things that are important i think in college golf that kids have to understand and one is in the bad weather per se that december and january uh you're well one you're on vacation on winter break for five weeks so yeah. you miss that and then when, when we get back to school you know we don't spend a lot of time in the midwest in february and march so um with tournaments we travel all over the country so hopefully we avoid some of that bad weather but uh, the other thing is you know um pga tour doesn't have perfect weather either that's if that's man. what you want to do uh you're gonna have to learn and uh you know in kansas it gets windy it gets cold and uh you know if you can play in that you can play in anything yeah. so that's a that's kind of our mo there uh, you know we schedule all over the country uh different grasses different time zones uh try to expose them to bermuda and bermuda grains and you know out in california so we're trying to get prepared for the postseason because you don't know where you're going. Exactly. And uh, you stay in the Midwest or stay on Bank Greens all year and you get thrown into, like last year, we got thrown in the Tallahassee Regional and, you know, that's all Bermuda down there and end up missing by a couple strokes. But we'd been, we played Bermuda last year. So, um, you know, it, it's an experience and uh, our, our our whole uh, goal is to keep putting pressure on the kids, you know, keep trying to get better every day. And, and if you do that, I think, you know, when you go to regionals that, that gives you your best chance to move on. It's a great point. A lot of people, you know, a lot of kids that I talk to a lot of, you know, incoming freshmen, they're, they're thinking about the facility on campus, the golf course on campus, everything just right there at home. And yeah, that's great to have to go beat balls and, have that indoor facility if, if you're in a if your campus is not in an area that has fantastic, you know, weather all the time. But yeah, you're you're so you're basically trying to use the fall season and use those early spring tournaments. You're trying to basically just put as much knowledge in the bag, so to speak, so that you whenever you go to regionals, they've played on all the grasses, they've played in the wind, they've played They've won some, they've lost some, they've had, and you're also trying to figure out a lineup. So you're using your season basically just to figure out a way, how do we get through regionals? Right. Yep. That's, that's the whole goal is, you know, the goal is not to win. Well, obviously the goal is to win, but you know, that doesn't, the fact that we won four times in the fall, that doesn't change what we're trying to do in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we built some confidence. We've developed some guys, and, um, but it all comes down to the third week in May or whatever it is and playing 54 holes of quality golf and getting to the final, because once you get to the final, then, you know, then the goal is to get in the match play. And if you can get in the match play, then anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is a regional at PGA national down here in South Florida. I'm not saying, I know you can't pick your spot, but I'm, it's closer to me. If that makes, if that makes any uh, difference to you now, when, whenever I see, 
a freshman coming into play at Alabama, there's always that obligatory photo with Nick Saban, their Nick, their you know legendary football coach. Now, no disrespect to your football coach, Lance Leopold, but I think there's a gentleman over there at Allen Fieldhouse that maybe has a little more of a draw, so to speak. So I know Alabama kind of uses the football team to help with their recruiting. Do you leverage the rich history of Kansas basketball when you bring in kids for a visit? Absolutely 100%. <laughs> okay, tell me a good story about a recruit coming in with that they walk into Allen Fieldhouse and you just look at the kid and you're like, yep, I got him. So um, one of the great stories was uh, when we were recruiting Luke Clover. He played basketball. He's a great athlete. Yeah. Um, he's big, he's strong. So, uh, of coach, of course, coach self loves, loves golf too. He thinks sure. he's pretty good, but he's really not that good. But anyway, now, he's coach, fun to coach, play with. Coach, golf. you know, this is recorded and I actually published yeah. this, right? Okay. Just, just throw yeah. it out there. Yeah. You know, so, but he loves to play in obviously a competitor. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, I stopped by coach's office and, Hey, I got this kid from, Norfolk, Nebraska, I'm bringing in. Can you just swing by the office? So uh, he said, sure, what time? Who's going to be with him? Mom, dad, okay. So he comes in and uh, he sits down. And you know, basketball coaches, they recruit a little different than golf coaches. I don't know if you know that. They don't have any problem throwing just darts out there. I mean, he's, where are you looking? What are you doing? Oh, you play basketball. And, uh, so he's like, well, you need to come here, X, Y, Z. And, and uh, he said, matter of fact, if you come here, maybe you can just walk on the basketball team. Too. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're lo- <laughs> so you're, losing, you're losing a kid to your own. Yeah. You're, you're, oh, this is good. I'm like, no, he's six foot two and he's slow, but he can shoot. <laughs> you don't need that. So, uh, it was, you know, he spent 15, 20 minutes in, in there and Luke's telling him about his basketball team and, and all, it it was just a great, great 20 minutes. Well, that was on the unofficial visit. So we have the official visit and I think we're playing Iowa state and, uh, I text coach. I said, Hey, I want to bring him to the shoot around. And, um, at noon, do you mind? Oh no, bring him in. That's fine. So they're shooting around and we're sitting about four rows up and uh, Bill walks in the gym and he sees Luke and he goes, Hey stud, what's going on? He comes and sits down. And I I was just like, Oh my goodness. If we can't get this kid and uh, you know, again, start talking golf and what are you doing? What are you working on? All that stuff. And just did an incredible job and um, really helped us out. And, you know, Luke was a big recruit, and uh, Bill, that year, his recruiting class didn't go as planned. Um, so, Greg Gurley always says, you know, your best recruit was for the men's golf yeah, that year. So, perfect. Um, but, Bill, you know, he does an awesome job. You know, he's he's carried this athletic department for a number of years, and the atmosphere in Allen Fieldhouse is incredible. If you can get him on campus, you got to get into a good, you know, a February Big 12 game on yeah. a Saturday afternoon. It's about as good as it gets. 
That's uh, that's great. I I can't believe there wasn't a Kluver, you know, basketball jersey just hang waiting for. I, I mean, I I don't. I guess he didn't need it at that point. But I I mean, if he really so that's so that's hysterical. You're sitting there like thinking, hey, I'm I'm losing this damn kid to 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 my own basketball team. I, I, oh my gosh. And Bill said, you know, if I'll put you on the team, you help me with my golf swing. Uh, <laughs> now. That's okay. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, wow, that's a great story. I'm glad you shared that one. I'll have to ask uh, Luke about that when I see him. Uh, when I see him in February at the uh, at the Jones Cup. Um, so I want to wrap up on something that I actually don't think I've ever really uh, discussed on the podcast. You know, the the Golf Week rankings came out, and I know there's there's Golf Stat and Golf Week. There's there's a bunch of them and. But currently, I guess as of November 21st, you're 12th in the nation. Now, of the top 20 teams, it appears that your strength of schedule is is near the bottom of those top 20 teams. And as I said, I, I'm kind of over my skis here, but I guess we're, you know, it's college football both seasons, so I guess that's kind of where I'm getting the inspiration of this, of this line of, of kind of questioning. But, you know, you rattle off four wins in the fall. Obviously, you can't start thinking about next year, the day after this season ends, you're I'm guessing you already have an eye on next season, but do you factor in kind of building a stronger schedule at some point? Do you look at the success in the fall and think maybe I need to get into this, some of the stronger field tournaments, Uh, you know, college golf has just, like you said, it's a unique setup where you got to pick your schedule. It's not like the football team where everything kind of is set. You're playing conference games and a couple uh, you know, a couple other ones. How, How do you approach setting your schedule for next year after you have a season like this? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, we build it a year out. Right. And especially with COVID, you know, teams are coming and going out of tournaments. Can they travel? Can they not? Uh, Especially two falls ago, you know, everything got canceled and we had to scramble and and do it that way. So you don't know uh, a perfect example, Hawaii this year, you know, Hawaii typically has 22 to 24 teams, and there's usually five teams in the top 25 there. And due to COVID and all that stuff and coaching change, well, we show up out there and, you know, we're the highest ranked team. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we were pretty good, but, you know, South Carolina's not there, Purdue's not there, Georgia's not there, North Florida, Liberty, East Tennessee State, you know, six months ago, those, those teams were in the field, but to, you know, with COVID and all that in a coaching change, you know, it didn't work out that way. So you never know what you're going to get until closer to the fall. And obviously we, we had some calls this fall. We've upgraded again, you know, we got a great schedule next fall. So it's, it's a, it's a puzzle that's hard to put together. And you think you're doing it right. And then, you know, teams switch tournaments or for whatever reason, drop out, get into other tournaments, all that stuff. Oklahoma, you know, they typically go out to Hawaii unless they get into the East Lake Cup, of which they did. So that was another team. So uh, it's a a balancing act. And then you don't want to overschedule because you got to get to the 500 rule. So. Uh, you have to have a winning record. You can't be in regional. So right. it's a balancing act, and I don't know what the what the right answer is. You know, we tend to go probably play in 
at least a half a dozen tournaments, the same ones every year. We've played in Iowa uh, every year. Um, typically, we go out to Palm Desert uh, every year. And then this year, that tournament switched. So now we're playing the Prestige for the first time. So it's uh, a lot of moving parts. And then you kind of have to base your schedule on your team. And, you know, we thought we were we had a pretty good team coming back. And then we get a grad transfer and, and he's fit right in and played really well. So now we're a little better than we thought we were going to be. Well, that's a, that's a good problem to have coach. I mean, uh, that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm looking at your spring schedule and you really are. I mean, you got, um, you know, opening up at, at, you know, at PJ West at the prestige and then the abandoned dunes that, that looks fun. And then down to Wilmington and in, in North Carolina, back over to Arizona, Iowa, and then, uh, you know, big 12 and then off to the races there. So I'll, I'll let you out of here. Obviously, you know, quite a bit about Lawrence, Kansas, and, and so do I. And I'm just curious, you know, you're, if, if you gotta, you know, the kids are going to look at the campus when you bring them in, but, but maybe they're bringing parents and maybe, they need to know where to go in town to do parents' activities that are maybe a little bit more uh, uh, adult-related. I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah, talk, sure. Okay, talk to me. Let's see if we can compare uh, compare notes here. Uh, where are the what are the hot spots in Lawrence where you got to get a good meal and 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 perhaps a perhaps an adult beverage? You know, I, I think you you, you got to be at the wheel. Okay. Game day at the wheel. Um, the the history the walls everybody signed those walls you know you get on mass street and there's so many great restaurants down there uh that you can hit dory adds the hotel on campus yeah you know that's it that's a hot spot uh you, you know if you want to venture off the mass street and kind of head out head out west to the newer part of town you know you got some great restaurants out there six mile and and there's a number of them so um when's the last time you were at the bottleneck coach the bottleneck you know i don't know as if i've ever been there i'm okay. a little old probably for the bottleneck uh, my youngest son who's a senior at the air force academy he was probably there uh over break but uh um uh, haven't been to the bottleneck okay well it's i mean it's 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 historic you need to need to check that out at some point but uh yeah, I've uh, I spent I spent two years at Kansas. I I went to a couple classes, but not as not as many as I probably should have. But no, uh, those two years at Kansas, I I had a I had a good time. But um, coach, I I appreciate you uh, appreciate you taking some time uh, right uh, right before the end of the year here, and uh, congrats on congrats on a great fall. But uh, as you said, that's a great start, but it's not the finish, and. Uh, you know, all the best to you in the spring, and I, I will be seeing you actually at the Prestige. So I will see you in oh, February. Great. And uh, uh, happy holidays, happy New Year, and I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. Thanks for having me, and uh, we're excited for the spring season. And there you have it. Special thanks to Coach Jamie Bermel from the University of Kansas Men's Golf Program for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.